You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 268 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor of the Hockey News Montreal the founder and the president of Rocket Sports, and the birthday boy, Mr. Rick Stevens. Happy birthday. How's it going? Oh, what happened there? How, <laughs> how did that news get out? Um, yeah, uh, birthday tomorrow. Thank you very much. Um, that's, uh, that's kind of fun. Caught me off guard there, but uh, <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate the good wishes. Uh, our first podcast of November. Uh, which will be a, a pivotal month in in many ways for the Montreal Canadiens. Great, uh, great month of of October. Maybe an un- unexpected month of October, um, but uh, we have some news and and things to talk about for uh, what's coming up in November. And I can't wait to get started. Yeah, uh, you'll have to direct some blame towards one uh, Amy Johnson for that intro. But uh, oh, I yeah. see. All right. <laughs> Plenty of good stuff to talk on, talk about on the show, of course. Uh, we'll get you all up to date on everything Montreal Canadiens. Uh, some success last week in their games, uh, some updates on the roster, prospects, and then some news from around the league. And uh, segment two, it's all about Slavkovsky versus Cooley, featuring an interview with uh, Remy Mastiv from uh, THN Arizona. And in segment three, it's a have your say segment. Our Canadians Connection question of the week is how would you handle Slavkovsky's development going forward? And Rick, uh, I know a lot of our listeners like to reach out and interact with us. Uh, what's the best way for all of them to do so? Well, we, heard, we certainly heard from them this week. Uh, tons of texts, uh, some emails, uh, reaching out to us on social um, media. Uh, we're calling this uh, episode 268 of the Canadians Connection Slavkovsky, Slavkovsky's Development, uh, Crucial Crossroads for the Habs. And if you have anything to say uh, about Yuri Slavkovsky, his uh, development, the way he's been handled, managed, um, reach out or, or listen, any other comments that you have, reach out to us at our Rocket Sports text line. It is 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Text us 24 hours a day. Uh, or send us an email, hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. 
You can also reach out to us on social media. Just make sure you're following at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. Uh, please make sure to check out our comprehensive game day previews and post-game recaps for every Montreal Canadiens game at THN.com slash Montreal. And since we've been gone, uh, Montreal has played three games going all the way back to October the 28th. Uh, Montreal uh, and Winnipeg faced off and Montreal comes away with a 4-3 to three shootout win. It was the return of Caden Gooley to the lineup. Uh, he looked good. Uh, it looks like he hasn't missed a single game, to be honest. Allen had a pretty solid start. Uh, Justin Barron, Sean Monahan, and Yuel Armia with regulation goals. But uh, Nick Suzuki leads the way for the Habs to the win in the shootout. This was... Um, the, the Canadians look completely unprepared to, to begin this game. Uh, for the first fe- period and the first minute of the second period, they were completely dominated. I think the shots were uh, something like 18 to 6 in the first period. Um, but this was all about Jake Allen. Jake Allen stole, uh, stole this win. He was uh, great during uh, regulation time, uh, great in overtime, and great in the shootout. A few days off uh, in between games here, but going to October the 30th, uh, Montreal heads to Vegas, and it's a 3-2 to two Vegas shootout win, so a couple late-night shootouts uh, over this past week. Uh, Sean Monahan scored probably the easiest goal he'll ever score off of a misplay from uh, Aiden Hill. Uh, Aiden Hill came out to play the puck, fanned on it completely, and then dove across the ice to the other end, leaving a completely wide-open net for Sean Monahan to capitalize, shorthanded. Uh, Nick Suzuki scored the tying goal uh, towards the end of the game there, but uh, Vegas came away with a shootout win. Well, and they Montreal came out with a lot of praise from their head coach, Marty St. Louis. Uh, he called this the best game uh, that his team has played since he took over coaching, which is um, a big praise, particularly uh, given that they didn't get the, the win. But um, it was a big challenge against defending cup champions and uh uh, they they looked really good, um, and so good, in fact, that uh, Sam Montembeau didn't have to be a factor um, through regulation. He had two shots to face in the second period. He was good in in uh, in overtime, though. Um, and uh, and as you said, I, I really liked Caden Gooley in this game. Absolutely. And then uh, a couple days off in between before we go to November the second, when Arizona comes to town, and Arizona wins. 3-2 to two against Montreal. Allen with another strong showing in net. Uh, Monaghan and Gallagher continue to put up points for Montreal, but uh, Schmoltz and Kraus that came away with the goals for Arizona. Also, Logan Cooley got an assist on the night. 3-2 uh, to two Arizona was that one. Yeah, I liked uh, Brendan Gallagher in this game. I liked a lot of the players in in this game. Uh, the the bad news, and we'll get to that in the, in the injury update, uh, that the Canadians lost uh, a forward, actually um, a winger off their top line. Absolutely. So uh, the Canadians' record is 5-3-2. and two. That's 13th in the NHL, so they're doing pretty well in the standings at the moment. Please continue to check out Habs Notepad, Habs Headlines, feature articles, and game day posts appearing regularly at THN.com slash Montreal. Uh, for some roster news, uh, Caden Gooley did return to the lineup this past week, uh, and like I said, uh, a lot of praise going towards him. Uh, he looked like he didn't miss a single game, and uh, man, that Montreal defense really benefits from having him back there. 
He, he's, I'll say more about uh, Caden Gooley because I got him on my list to talk about in a minute, but um, he's been terrific since his return. Uh, Kirby Doc underwent successful knee surgery. Uh, he posted uh, photos to his social medias. Uh, looks like he's got a pretty interestingly shaped and large cast on his leg. So uh, wishing him a nice recovery from that. He had surgery um, at the Special Surgery Center uh, in New York City. Uh, the surgery was performed by Dr. Robert Marks, same surgeon uh, that did, and same hospital that uh, did Carrie Price's surgery. Um, all uh, was said to be successful, uh, and uh, it's hoped that he'll be ready for the start of next season. Um, interesting, the the picture that he posted and um, his, his the. The tweet that he put out says, surgery done, big check mark. Thanks everyone for the support over the last few weeks. Road to recovery starts now. Uh, lying in, in um, a hotel room bed and with a knee brace, a uh, big thumbs up and a bucket hat. Uh, um, <laughs> and if you say, hey, wait a minute, I've seen that bucket hat before. Um, our, our keen spotters uh, said it's a Louis Vuitton monogram essential bucket hat. Uh, it was also worn by Christian Dvorak after his surgery and Cole Caulfield after his surgery. Um, if you'd like a bucket hat like that, it uh, retails for, I believe, $650. Okay, yeah, I'll get on that the <laughs> next time I recover from surgery. Great. I'll make sure I'm wearing a bucket hat, too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and finally, uh, Raphael Harvey Pinard is listed as day-to-day with a lower body injury. He left the game versus Arizona and never returned. Yeah, tough. Um, he he went awkwardly into the boards, um, and uh, he tried to come back and and took another hit. You saw him wincing. Um, the Canadians uh, just report that uh, it's a lower body and day to day. Yeah, so now it's a good time to get to our, our, uh, this week's uh, winners and losers. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. So uh, we'll start uh, off with our winners of the week. Uh, our losers will tie in uh, to the next thing that we do here. But, uh, Rick, I'll let you have the lead here. I said I was going to talk about Caden Gooley. So I'll talk about Caden Gooley. Um, man, he's looked good. Um, he's he's looked um, so comfortable. Um, any of you that have watched him, uh, watched him in junior um, he was just um, a, a, a player to be feared. Um, and that physical play, that edge, that grittiness, that uh, meanness um, has been coming out very physical, punishing um, his uh, the forwards, uh, but also um, carrying the puck. Uh, he's he's uh, uh, skating well. He, he's uh, joining the rush. Um, he's leading the rush at times, um, and I know plus minus isn't uh, the mo- the best stat out there, uh, but he's a plus seven, and that's top fifteen in the NHL right now. That's impressive for sure. <laughs> uh, the other guy that I have in this category now, listen, um, Sean Monahan um, has has had a great start, maybe arguably maybe the the best Canadian so far. Um, but, um, and he's getting a lot of attention and deservedly so, uh, but I don't think you mentioned the Canadians record. You mentioned that they're currently in a playoff position. Uh, if the standing stayed the same, um, a lot of that has to do, uh, with Jake Allen in goal. Jake Allen's been terrific 
in wins and loss, he's been uh, outstanding. Um, and there was one statistic that uh, kind of uh, put it towards, it, it, it broke the tie, I guess, uh, for me, whether to put Jake Allen in this winner's uh, category or Sean Monaghan. Uh, and the stat is that uh, the Montreal Canadiens, uh, as a team, have given up 151 high-danger scoring opportunities. 151. How does that compare? That's third most in the NHL. Um, so it's been goaltending. Uh, it's been goaltending that that has them where they are. Uh, and for the most part, it's been uh, Jake Allen who's been carrying the mail in that regard. Uh, so I have him on my uh, winner of the week. Yeah, Jake Allen is a great choice there. I think at least two or three of these wins can be attributed fully to Jake Allen. Really going in there, uh, solidifying that uh, uh, number one goalie job for himself. And uh, honestly, he's been lights out for the most part. Uh, really no complaints, with the exception of maybe the first game of the season against Toronto, where I think it was a little bit up and down for him. But uh, since then, uh, absolutely great start for Jake Allen. I hope he can keep it up, though. <laughs> this is going to be difficult, like you said, a lot of high danger scoring chances. So uh, let's uh, hope he can continue to play like that. Well, I think, and that's a good point. Um, can he keep it up? I think right now the schedule has really been helping um, the Canadians and the, and the goaltending. And we said uh, at the beginning of the season that the Canadians had a really favorable schedule in October. Um, you know, there, there wasn't any long uh, road trips or on a three-game road trip now. But even on this road trip, um, you know, they, they, they arrived in Arizona. They had uh, two days. They got to go to the World Series game. Uh, well, on the other hand, their opponents, the Coyotes, played on Wednesday night in Anaheim. They flew back uh, for the Thursday game. They couldn't land because of noise abatement uh, laws. They had to go to an alternate uh, airport and bus in, got in late. Uh, so the schedule so far, that's going to catch up to them. But so far, the schedule um, has been a, a winner as well uh, for the first month of the season. And uh, my winners for the week, well, I think they're more just winners for the past month, to be completely honest. I went with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Boston Bruins. I know uh, fans might not like this, uh, but both undefeated in regulation after one month. I think you have to give some respect there. Uh, Boston was a team that was heavily speculated to take a step back, and they've picked up right where they left off last season. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, winning the Stanley Cup. You always expect the Stanley Cup winners to get off to a slow start. Again, they picked up right where they left off, so you have to give some respect there. Each team uh, have one overtime loss. So they've, they've both lost, but not in regulation. So at the very least, they're on a point streak. Vegas has played 11 games so far. Boston, uh, 10 games, but uh, nonetheless, very impressive records for both. Um, I'll reluctantly agree with you. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. <laughs> and uh, we're going to do something a little bit different, and uh, we're going to do our bad tweets of the week. Listen up. It's time for some bad tweets on the Canadian's Connection. So there have been a lot of bad takes this past week and a lot of them centering around uh, Yuri Slavkovsky and Logan Cooley. The Arizona Coyotes come in uh, right here with the tweet that they sent out uh, after the game against Montreal the other night. 
And the caption is, when you don't draft Logan Cooley number one. And there's a GIF. Uh, I'm sure your imaginations can fill in the blank of what that uh, GIF is indicating. So Arizona's throwing a little little bit of shade towards Montreal. But to be honest, uh, this yeah, this is kind of my reaction to not taking Logan Cooley number one at the moment, at the very least, right? Yeah, this is, if you've been on Twitter, you've seen this um, this gif used in a thousand different circumstances. It's it's the Vince McMahon um, gif. Um, and and I didn't think this was that bad. Uh, you know, Arizona, they're throwing shade at, at the Montreal Canadiens. Well, okay, fine. Um, what else have they got, really? Um, you know, so when you don't draft Logan Cooley number one, um, I it, I was fine with it. Yeah, it's fine. At least Montreal has an NHL arena to play in. <laughs> yeah. And some stability. Yeah. So it is a, what it and is. And a couple of cups. And yeah. Yeah, Arizona, let them have one thing at the very least. Sure. And uh, the other one comes out uh, from, uh, I think, a listener favorite, uh, Grant McKeg on X. And uh, Rick, I'll, I'll just let you take the lead on this one. I don't think I can get through it. Um, so Grant tweeted this week, if there's one thing that will get Slaff going and boost its, his confidence, it's to have him trending number one on Twitter after every game by totally trashing him. It worked wonders with Kotkaniemi, and surely it will inspire Slaff as well. Keep it up there, Habs fans. Uh, the always sarcastic and, and the often wrong uh, Grant McKay. Listen, Yuri uh, uh, Slavkovsky, nor, I mean, any other NHL professional athlete is not, is not uh, boosted or driven by anything he sees on, um, on Twitter. Um, to blame uh, Habs fans uh, for, for Slavkovsky's performance, um, to blame Habs fans for running Kotkaniemi at a t- I mean, it's it's ludicrous. It's nonsense. It's silly. Um, he should know better. I hope he knows better. Maybe he was just, well, I mean, he's been, you know, a number one fan for Slavkovsky, and uh, I guess he's he's frustrated with, with maybe the organization, frustrated with uh, the performance of Slavkovsky, and he's, um, you know, Taking it out on fans, uh, criticizing fans, I, I, I think that deserves a bad tweet. Yeah, I think fans are allowed to voice their opinions here. If any fan has watched Slavkovsky over the last two years or looked at his statistics, I, I'd be shocked if you were completely satisfied with his play. And I think as fans are allowed to voice the disappointment, is this all about shaming Slavkovsky I I don't think it's totally about that I think a lot of this goes towards the organization and how they've handled that situation so you know what Uh, I I think fans are allowed to voice their thoughts on it and clearly a lot of fans are very disappointment disappointed in uh, the performance by Slavkovsky so far this year and fully justified and uh, you know this this again it just doesn't understand um, he doesn't understand how professional athletes work um, if Slavkovsky went on social media and saw some comments, is he going to be shocked by them? I mean, is he going to say, wait a minute, I thought I was playing great. Um, no, that's, that's just so dumb. Um, Slavkovsky is the first one. Those guys um, know their stats. They know, they know uh, also how they're playing. And you know what? The guy sitting next to him in the, in the locker room knows how he's playing too. Um, they, they, they immerse themselves 
and and maybe for Slavkovsky it's it's too much internal pressure, uh, but he knows the last time he scored, uh, he knows his statistics. He he, he this this um, you know feeling that it's all coming from the fans is is uh, I said it before. It's just silly. Yeah, I don't think fans should be taking the blame for how the Montreal Canadiens have managed Slavkovsky. I don't think fans should be taking the blame for how Slavkovsky has played so far. Uh, everyone's watched him. They they know what the product is at the moment. So just a bad take here from uh, Grant McKegg. I, I don't know what his expectation is here. Should we be singing praises for him on social media? I don't. I think that would all be pretty fake at this point. Should we just not be talking about it all, at all? No, like he's a first overall pick. Absolutely, fans should be voicing their opinions here. One more, um, and and then we'll leave it. But and this and this relates to Kotkaniemi. Uh, don't don't point. Don't blame the fans for Kotkaniemi. We remember uh, Mark Bergevin trashed Kotkaniemi in public. We remember Claude Julian trashed Kotkaniemi in public. Um, so that it wasn't on the fans either. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I don't think we should be blaming the fans. Don't point uh, your finger at anyone on Twitter about this. And uh, on that note, uh, we'll uh, get along to our Habs prospect report. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians prospects. So each week we like to shine the spotlight on a Habs prospect. And this week uh, we've chosen one Jacob Fowler, the goaltender. He was picked in the third round this past draft. Currently he's rocking a 6-1 and record with Boston College. He's had a great start to his season and uh, full credit to him playing very, very well in net. Um, hasn't, uh, Jacob Fowler appeared in our spotlight before? He sure has, but, um, he deserves to be there a second time. Uh, Jacob Fowler was named, um, not only, I think he had a, a goaltender of the week, uh, in the past, but Jacob Fowler was named Hockey East goaltender of the month for the month of October. Um, and that was because of his, uh, five and one, uh, record uh, in the month of October, a 215 goals against, a 919 save percentage in that month of October. Um, on Friday night, uh, he had his seventh straight start uh, in goal for um, Boston College Eagles. Um, and uh, we can happily report that uh, he won that start as well against UMass, uh, giving up just two goals on 29 shots. So I believe this has been said before, but it seems like all he ever does is win, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and he's doing it again. Absolutely. Now uh, he's got some help. He's got a little oh, help. Oh yeah, and I think we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, keeping along with the NCAA here, uh, we'll give you an update on this week's uh, USCHO Division poll. And, uh, well, Boston College is uh, currently ranked number one, and that Boston College team is absolutely stacked. Not only do they have Jacob Fowler, but Cutter Goche, Will Smith, Ryan Leonard, uh, lots of first-round picks, lots of uh, legitimate prospects on this team. And, uh, wow, just looking up and down this roster, I feel like they'd be absolutely unstoppable. That second line has Will Smith uh, centering Ryan Leonard and Gabe Perot. Uh, that's a pretty impressive line, and you already mentioned Cutter Goche. Uh, so the reason 
that uh, Boston College jumped up to the number one spot. They were in last week. They were in the last poll. Was they were in third? Uh, was based on the five and one record uh, that we talked about, uh, delivered uh, partly uh, by Jacob Fowler. Um, the other big mover um, I saw in the poll was at number five. Um, and Wisconsin, we know Wisconsin, that was where Cole Caulfield was. Um, and they're up to number five, uh, this week. They were number 14 last week. So an enormous jump, uh, for Wisconsin. And, and that's because they went seven, one and oh, um, very good for them. The top five, uh, the full top five, Boston college, Denver, number two, they were number two last week, North Dakota, uh, at three, up from four, and Michigan um, at number four, up from six. Absolutely. Uh, if we want to fly across the ocean over to Europe, we do have some updates on uh, David Reinbacker. Uh, he's back in the lineup uh, with Cloton uh, in the Swiss League. He's been away for a couple weeks now uh, with an injury. He's only played uh, four games so far this season. Yeah, back on the top pairing, that was good to see. Um, when he went out with that injury, um, you know, it was speculated that anywhere from one to three weeks, so it fell in that timeline back in the lineup, back on the first pairing. Uh, that's all good news for uh, David Reinbacker and good news for the Canadians. For sure. And uh, someone's going to be joining him, someone that Habs fans might recognize. Uh, Nathan Beaulieu signs a one year contract with Colt with uh, Cloton. I wonder if uh, there's a possibility that these two players are going to play together on that uh, top pairing. Uh, Nathan Beaulieu has not been with the Habs since 2017, but uh, most recently suited up for 53 games with the Ducks last season. Nathan Beaulieu drafted um, number 17 overall uh, in the first round, the 2011 draft by the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, famously, uh, when he was drafted um, and he was getting... Um, uh, question after question in French because of his last name said, stop it. I don't speak French uh, and, and had to make an, an apology. Um, but he'll be, yeah, uh, he'll be, a, he had a, a, a decent uh, career in the NHL and uh, maybe a good mentor for uh, David Reinbacker and Cloton. So let's take a look at the Laval Rocket from this past week. Uh, since we last talked, they have played in three games. Uh, going back to October the 28th, uh, Laval visited Syracuse and lost 5 to nothing. Only 19 shots on net for the Rocket. Uh, 0 for 5 on the power play. Uh, Strauss Mann really struggled in net on this one. Uh, not a great performance from him. Luckily, uh, they had a few days off to reflect before their next game. Heading back home, uh, Utica came to visit, and uh, Utica wins 4-1 to against Laval. Uh, the lone goal comes from uh, Jaden Strubel. That's his first career pro goal, uh, so it's a memorable goal at the very least. Uh, the Rocket go 0-4 on the power play, and uh, for Utica, it was Parent that got the hat-trick and uh, led to the victory. A uh, couple more days off in between uh, before we get to November the 3rd when uh, the Toronto Marlies come to town to visit Laval. And a win, the second win of the season. Uh, Laval wins 5-3. to three. Jakob Dobis was in net, and he looked unbelievable. Uh, Maillet scored two goals to help uh, Laval uh, get the win, and uh, the losing streak is over at four games. Uh, both of Laval uh, wins so far this season have come with Jakob Dobis in net. This was looking grim. Watch the game. Uh, for the first two periods, the 
Laval Rocket were vastly outplayed um, by the Marlies, and it looked like the Marlies kind of fell asleep. Um, and uh, four goals uh, in the third period uh, by the Mar- uh, by the uh, Rocket uh, delivered the win, and and it was Jakob Dobis while uh, the Marlies were dominating, making um, save after save. Uh, Joshua Waugh was named AHL Rookie of the Month. Uh, 12 points in nine games will seal the deal for him. He's been a great addition to the Laval Rocket team so far this season. Absolutely, uh, and worthy of of that um, um, AHL Rookie of the Month. Uh, in seven games in October, five goals, seven assists, 12 points. Uh, cooled off, has cooled off a little bit lately, but um, uh, with... Uh, the rocket now back home uh, and and now having a, a bit of a time off to um, practice and and uh, rest a bit. I, I expect him to um, sp- to fire it up uh, again in in uh, November. So the Rockets' record currently two six one and zero. That's thirty second in Uh-oh. the AHL. So not going well so far for them. But like you said, a bit of a lighter week uh, next week. Uh, their only game is on November the fourth. Uh, so that's Saturday tonight. Uh, it's uh, going to be Toronto visiting uh, Laval once again. A rare Saturday night uh, game, um, especially with the Canadians playing at the same time for Laval, and uh, Chris G will be there. We'll have all uh, the um, information uh, on our website, thn.com slash Montreal. Uh, taking a look at the Trois-Rivières, if we want to move down one level, uh, they've had a pretty good start to their season. Uh, last Saturday on October the 28th, the Trois-Rivières came away with a 4-3 to shootout win. Uh, the very next day, it was a back-to-back, and they lost 7-6, to and then a few days off in between before November the 3rd, when Trois-Rivières got back in the winning column with a 4-1 to win. Uh, Trois-Rivières' record at the moment, 5-1-0-0. Uh, Matthew Boucher uh, had a hat-trick this past week, and uh, this Joe Bervetta guy, he's looking pretty good. I wonder if he might get a call-up as, uh, I think, Val could use another good goaltender. Yeah, Verbetic's been been great, um, and uh, Trois Rivière has been great. Um, and to see all the fuss, um, I mentioned Chris G will be in uh, Laval on Saturday night. On Sunday afternoon, uh, Chris heads to Trois Rivière, uh, and um, and he'll be taking in that game from uh, the press box. Uh, recently, we started up a brand new website uh, for the hockey news, THNQMJHL. And uh, Rick, we're starting to get some content on there. Lots of content there for our uh, fans who uh, love Quebec hockey, love the QMJHL, uh, the folks from the Maritimes, um, and uh, a couple of articles that went up this week that I thought were uh, interesting. Amy uh, talked about the team of the week in the queue, and Jeremy. Uh, talked about success on and off the ice uh, for the uh, St. John Sea Dogs. And interesting, um, some quotes there from the owner, um, recognizing that they're in a rebuild and recognizing that they may have to do a little bit more uh, to bring in fans. Fascinating article by uh, Jeremy, and uh, uh, you should go to, to uh, thn.com slash QMJHL to uh, check them out. So if you're looking for content on Canadians prospects, you head over to THN.com slash Montreal. You can find all that content right there. And if you're looking to find the best English language coverage of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, head over to THN.com slash QMJHL. 
And now we'll uh, get to our quotes of the week. And it's just one quote uh, coming from Nick Bavrov. Uh, so in August of uh, 2022, uh, the Montreal Canadiens released a behind-the-scenes video titled Inside the Canadiens Draft Meetings, and uh, he gives his closing argument on why the Montreal Canadiens uh, drafted uh, Uri Slavkovsky with that first overall pick. At what age? To be at the World Championship at the age of 16 is unprecedented. No one has done that, even in the 80s and the 70s. And obviously what he's done on the big stages this year is also pretty much unprecedented. He just has that personality to want to take the bulls by the horn. He wants to own the moment, the situation. I just talked to guys who had him at the World Olympics this morning. I said, you know, you kept bumping him up the lineup. Okay, he goes to the Olympics, fourth line to the first line because other guys were not carrying the mail. All of a sudden he ends up on that line and that line is carrying the mail. Same thing happens at the world. So he's doing it with that drive, desire, owning the moment, and it's a personality trait. It's more than just a skill, a hockey skill. He just has that personality trait that wants to own the stage. And I think he has proven that to the world of hockey, that he is not a one-hit wonder, okay, that he's repeating those performances. We saw him at TPS in the playoffs, he was excellent. And he just kept getting better and better and better. Every month, every shift, every tournament. Lastly, uh, a country of five million has been talking about this kid for, what, three years now? Four years now? The pressure on him is a country. And so far, he's handled it unbelievably well. So to gauge how the kid can handle pressure, I think there's evidence, and the proof is in the pudding, not only through the tournaments, but through this period of time of maybe two and a half years, three years, where he's been the next one. And he kept getting better while under pressure of that five million population. All right. Um, very dramatic. Uh, the, the music added by the Montreal Canadiens for their presentation uh, to give you an, a look um, inside uh, the draft discussions. Uh, this, it's, it's an important point to make, and that is that Nick Bobrov is speaking to, uh, to the members of, of Hockey Ops, um, the, the scouts, uh, you know, uh, Gordon Hughes. He, they're there to make a, 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 a choice for the first overall pick. Uh, and Bob Roth is, is delivering the closing argument. I, I think we might have missed uh, the opening to this, but I, I'm just going to replay that uh, opening again. You know, hockey historians are paying attention to what this guy managed to achieve. Hockey historians are, 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 are noting this. They're following this guy. This, is, this has never happened before. Uh, he said um, th- that hockey historians are going to write th- the story of, of this amazing player. Uh, d- does any of that, any of what he said, fit with what we see on the ice right now? Um, so I think, um, why are we playing this? Uh, because it was, you know, a year ago, a whole year ago. Um, it- it's important to, to remind ourselves that, um, 
the things that were said to convince the Montreal Canadiens to make this leap, to take Yuri Slavkovsky. Uh, Bobrov said that, uh, first, the, the hockey historians thing, also that um, it didn't take him long and he was being bumped up the lineup from the third line to the second line to the top line because he was carrying the mail. Um, he was driving, uh, he was making his teammates better. He was the one driving uh, the performance on the line um, because I know I've heard um, some criticism from from Canadians fans saying, uh, put him with somebody better and, and maybe he'll be better. No, Bob Rob said he can do that on the own. He on his own. He's the one that will drive the performance on the line. Um, he said that he always gets better. Every every game he gets better. Every shift he gets better. Um, you know, I, I don't think we've seen that either. Um, so again, uh, we're looking at a, a, a full picture. Uh, to make decisions um, about Yuri Slavkovsky. And, and lots of times we get drawn into the moment um, and, and you know, have that micro-focus. Um, and uh, it, it's myopic. You know, we're, we're, we're not seeing the bigger picture. And part of the bigger picture is how he came to the Montreal Canadiens in the first place. So we'll continue discussions about Yuri Slavkovsky heading into our next segment there. We'll do a full analysis on that. Uh, for now, we'll uh, take a look at our hockey news from around the league and uh, the good and the bad and the ugly from Michael and Lauer of the Ottawa Senators, a brand new owner. Starting off with the good, he sold his 10% share of the Montreal Canadiens. We knew that he was a pars- partial share hold owner uh, before he bought the Ottawa Senators and uh, the Habs uh, are currently valued at what 2.5 billion so he got a good payday he got uh, 10% would be 250 million towards that 950 uh, purchase price uh, so that's that's helpful but I think um, uh, you know so what does it mean to the Montreal Canadiens they're valued at 2.5 billion uh, we'll probably have a Sportico or, or a Forbes uh, rating out soon um, to uh, to see exactly where it is, but based on the valuation, uh, 2.5 billion is is uh, great for the Montreal Canadiens. Keeping in mind that um, Molson bought back um, the team uh, from George Gillette for five five seventy five uh, thereabouts, uh, so it's appreciated a whole lot um, since 2009. Absolutely. And uh, we'll take a look at the bad for uh, Michael Ann Lauer. He's going to continue to be a theme here. Uh, the NHL announced that the Ottawa Senators must forfeit a future first round pick over the next three seasons. They'll have 24 hours after the draft lottery uh, to decide uh, whether or not uh, that's the pick that they want to forfeit. And it has to be one of them within the next three seasons. They get the choice. Uh, so remember like three years ago, there is that thing about Evgeny Dadnov being traded to the Anaheim Ducks at uh, the trade deadline. And then that got vetoed due to a no trade list. Well, the NHL came back around three days later or three years later and decided that uh, the Ottawa Senators were negligent in a trade that sent uh, Evgeny Dadnov to the Vegas Golden Knights to begin with uh, the offseason beforehand. Uh, the trade was uh, Dadnov to Vegas in exchange for Nick Holden and a third round pick that came to Ottawa. And uh, well, it's said that Ottawa did not inform Vegas of this no trade, this 10 team, no trade list that Evgeny Dadnov had. 
And uh, as to why this came back three years later, well, it's uh, reported that Vegas was uh, feeling a little bit fragile about uh, how they've been uh, treating their players lately. Of course, they've been letting go a lot of players. Uh, They've not hesitated to move on from certain guys, so they wanted to clear up their reputation a little bit. This was one way to do so, and um, for the Ottawa Senators and Michael Anlauer, Anlauer said that uh, he was unaware that uh, this was an investigation that was happening, and uh, about a week ago he received a disturbing phone call from the NHL in regards to this. Uh, I think we all knew uh, previous ownership probably had a few skeletons in the closet. Uh, This is the first one to be revealed, and it's a big deal, a first-round draft pick uh, for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in a while. Uh, This is uh, pretty unfortunate for uh, new owner Michael Anlauer. Really unfortunate, and and listen, the NHL has to take part of the blame here as well. Um, How many teams has Dadnoff played for since the Ottawa Senators? Um, you know, Vegas, almost Anaheim, the Canadians and the Dallas Stars, uh, for them to delay. Um, and and it's, uh, it's obvious that the, the NHL delayed their ruling until the final sale went through. And Lauer said he asked about it and said um, there was nothing of consequence uh, was going to ha- come, come out of that. And he said a first round pick is a big consequence. Uh, so the the NHL, I think, misrepresented uh, to the sellers uh, the the degree of 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 what could happen here, uh, and shame on them for for letting three years go by before uh, they made a ruling. Absolutely, I remember when this went down. I was wondering if punishment was going to come through, but that seemed to just be swept under the rug until recently when it just randomly came back up. And this first round pick, uh, I, I think uh, I, I might not be exaggerating to say that this could end up costing Ann Lauer a few million dollars losing this first round pick. No, yeah, no, absolutely, and and that was the reason um, speculated that uh, the NHL kept this hidden to. Uh, the the price for the Ottawa Centers was a record uh, price, $950 million. How much would it have been uh, had this information, had the ruling come down ahead of time? Absolutely. And uh, as a result, uh, the Ottawa Senators have parted ways with GM Pierre Dorian uh, due to that whole scandal. Uh, this was reportedly the last straw for GMPD. Uh, Ann Lauer uh, said in his press conference that uh, he liked the idea of having kind of a, a two-headed uh, front office with Steve Steos as uh, president of hockey operations and uh, keeping on uh, GMPD. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, that's been short-lived. Uh, Steve Steos is going to act as the interim uh, GM as well. So a bit of an up-and-down week for Michael Ann Lauer, uh, perhaps uh, coming back down to earth. Uh, some struggles out of the gate for the Senators. Three right side D are injured. Two centers are injured. Uh, 41 uh, game suspension for Shane Pinto. And uh, Ann Lauer during his press conference really vocalized how unhappy he was with the NHL this past week. He's going to be a very different owner. He knows hockey inside and out. Uh, and he's not afraid to say things that, that typically the typical owner hasn't said in the past. I think he's going to shake up things and, and probably... Uh, for the good. Um, as far as Pierre Dorian, yeah, his time was was up uh, in the preseason poll done by the Hockey News. Uh, the Hockey News reached out to uh, all of the the editors of their team sites, uh, myself being one. Uh, and I had I had said Pierre Dorian would be the first GM um, fired. The writing seemed to be on the wall uh, with Steve Steos coming in. 
Um, and uh, if it wasn't for this reason, there would be another. And 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 just um, you know, some good moves, some bad. But but this was um, something that was unforgivable. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is the type of situation where it comes out. And I think GMs around the league would just not trust Pierre Dorian whatsoever. Yes. So you, you had to get rid of him at that point. Um, some were speculating after uh, the Ann Lauer press conference uh, that uh, he might actually receive a fine for some of the things uh, he was <laughs> saying, uh, being a little bit too honest. But uh, some uh, on Twitter, uh, Frank Saravelli, Darren Dreger, clarified that uh, that uh, Michael Anlauer would not be receiving a fine and uh, this could be due to the previous penalty maybe just being enough to cover that as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so ending the segment on a bit of a tougher note, um, Nottingham Panthers have created a memorial jersey to honor Adam uh, Johnson who died on October the 28th from injuries sustained uh, from a skate laceration on his neck. Uh, so the NHL this past week, uh, there were some uh, tributes being played at uh, the beginning of the game. So that was nice to see. And in uh, several different uh, leagues, neck guards have become mandatory. Yeah, we, we I, first of all, just terrible, terrible uh, news as we followed um, this and, and just an awful accident. Um, and, um, and condolences to the family of, of, uh, and friends of Adam Johnson and teammates um, uh, hopefully, uh, some, some good will come of this and, and, uh, that memorial Jersey that they're creating in Nottingham, um, uh, that will be, a, a, a certainly a keepsake and a, and a way to generate funds, uh, for the family. Um, and if, if some equipment changes can happen, uh, the, the, the net guards, um, you know, some of the, the junior leagues have already mandated them. Uh, the EIHL, uh, the the league that Johnson played in, has mandated them, um, and some teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins have said um, they're going to be uh, used by by all by the Penguins and all our affiliates uh, affiliates AHL and the ECHL. Um, we notice that um, that many NHLers have tried them. Uh, I saw Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, tried one, uh, kind of took it off uh, midway through the game. Um, there, 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 there isn't much choice at this point. Uh, it's something that equipment manufacturers, if there is a demand, um, that equipment manufacturers have to get on. And and um, you know, there's a million different choices for gloves, helmets, sticks. Not many choices for neck guards. Uh, that has to change. Um, I'll just add that it it just I, I can't believe that goaltenders. Uh, don't uh, wear um, more protection for their neck. Um, you know, the, the long masks sometimes cover, but, but you know, goaltenders, the way they twist, turn, try to make a save, that area can be exposed. We remember the tie-on from uh, Patrick Waugh or the, the flaps from uh, Hoshik or, or Chris Osgood on the cages. Uh, much more has to be done there um, for goaltenders. And I'll take it one step further. Um, Skates are incredibly sharp these days, you know, even more so. Um, there has to be more done, um, not only with neck protection, but uh, cut-resistant resi- uh, wrist guards, which are rarely used. Uh, cut-resistant socks are more used um, in the, the NHL, but I really want to see the NHLPA get on board. Um, NHL um, have been traditionally lagging on issues of player safety, lagging on on concussions. Uh, they've been against mandates. I want to see them 
um, get on board because the NHL can't mandate any of this stuff on their own. They need the cooperation of the NHLPA, uh, and I'd really like to see them work together uh, to um, make it much safer for, for players in all leagues. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a great point. Uh, but uh, we uh, do wish uh, Adam Johnson's uh, family and friends uh, thoughts and prayers uh, towards them. As, uh, this is unfortunate that that's how that went, and uh, we'll uh, leave her at that. Uh, so coming up, uh, we'll hear a message from our sponsors, uh, DraftKings, and then we'll get to our big topic segment. It's all about Slaff versus Cooley. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. We are back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, LA. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. My name is Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also follow this podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Habs Connection. Also check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. And just a reminder off the top here to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcasting app. However you want to listen to it, uh, hit that subscribe button and never miss a single episode. As I said, uh, this is going to be the Uri Slavkovsky versus Logan Cooley segment. Uh, on Thursday night, the Montreal Canadiens met the Arizona Coyotes in a game in which uh, the Arizona Coyotes did win. And for the first time, the first overall pick from uh, 2022 faced off against Logan Cooley. And, uh, well, Uri Slavkovsky uh, didn't come away with any points, but uh, Logan Cooley got an assist. Cooley's actually off to a great start this season. Uh, he had uh, eight point. He's got eight points as a rookie in just ten games. Whereas Slavkovsky, so far this season, just one assist and uh, eleven points through forty nine NHL games uh, through parts of two seasons. So a uh, bit, a uh, bit of a difference between the two. And uh, well, Marty St. Louis, he's known for that magic wand. It worked on Doc. It's worked on Caulfield. 
Why is it not working on Slavkovsky? Uh, what's going on with that, Rick? <laughs> it's um, and, and why are we talking about Cooley or or other players? That the, the the choice has been made. Uh, the Canadians chose Slavkovsky. Uh, so some, as I said earlier, would like to tunnel vision, just focus on him. I think it's to put it into context uh, that uh, development paths can be done differently. The Canadians chose to put uh, to to uh, bring um, uh, Yuri Slavkovsky into the NHL um, right away last season, uh, and then. Um, hope that that all everything would work out this season there's been up till now no consideration of him going um into uh, returning to his team in finland i don't think the canadians were very happy with uh uh the way he was used in finland um so that probably wasn't a, a, a consideration at all but no consideration to him going to laval and laval has its own issues and its own coaching issues and whatnot but um yuri slavkovsky has uh, looked like, uh, as Craig Button says, a fish out of water. Just that he's been thrown in the deep end. He's treading water, um, and and he doesn't look um, uh, he doesn't look like an NHL player. Um, and 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 so you know, a lot of people are saying, just leave him alone. That's uh, that's normal. That's that's the way it it uh, has to be. And I think if you take a quick look around. Um, and Logan Cooley was the player this week to to take a look at because the it, it was it was obvious uh, that um, that there would be a comparison um, between uh, these two players by fans by media. Uh, do you, do you doubt that that the players themselves know that that they wanted? that Yuri Slavkovsky wanted to do better than Logan Cooley in that game. Logan Cooley wanted to do better than Yuri Slavkovsky. Um, how do we know that? Well, Bill Armstrong, <laughs> the general manager of the Arizona Coyotes, said all players do that, and certainly that would be happening between those two players. So um, I think... Um, yeah, we're not, we're, not comp- we're not saying, you know, that... that Yuri Slavkovsky is a bust, but neither are we saying that we should just uh, leave him alone and, and not have any comments because Canadians fans have lots of comments. The media has had a lot of comments, uh, and it's more than just a, a Montreal issue. This has percolated um, into conversations uh, across uh, uh, the NHL. And well, on draft day, too, when Slavkovsky was selected first overall, it was definitely not a slam dunk uh, on this ne- this clip that we're going to play here. You'll hear the reaction was very mixed from the crowds even at that point in time. With our first pick in the 2022 NHL draft, the Canadiens de Montréal sont fiers de repêcher from the Slovakian national team and TPS Turku, Yuri Slavkovsky. So um, you were there uh, in the Bell yep. Center. Uh, tell us, tell us how that felt because you. I don't think I've ever heard that kind of reaction to a first round pick before. Uh, that that it was very mixed. Um, that there was shock in there. There was uh, there were certainly boos in there. That wasn't that wasn't blowing the roof off the Bell Center like like happened. Uh, when Louis LeBlanc, uh, <laughs> forget how that turned out, but um, 
there was universal embracement uh, there. That was a really odd reaction for announcing uh, the first overall pick. Well, to set the tone, too, leading up to that, everyone was chanting Shane, uh, meaning Shane Wright. So this was very unexpected. I think there was kind of a confused reaction, and there was also a lot of booing. Unfortunately, that recording does not do justice to the amount of booing that was going on. And this was not booing Slavkovsky himself. I think this was more directed uh, towards the GM and uh, the Montreal Canadiens because this was not necessarily the most popular pick, (laughs) of course. Uh, Later uh, during the draft, they uh, reintroduced uh, Slavkovsky, and there were a lot of cheers, so fans did come around on him. I know fans do want him to succeed. Fans do want him to do well. But uh, this was not a slam dunk of a pick by the Montreal Canadiens with that first overall. And why is that important? It's it's important because um, it it it's it said something about uh, that. Okay, uh, we're 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 skeptical about this. Um, so so uh, prove it to us. Um, you know, we want this guy to be successful. He's chosen now, so. Prove it to us. Make him successful. We remember the bad development of the previous regime. Develop him better. Um, all of those again. This is this is not to um, relitigate that pick at all. This is just to put everything into context about uh, the reaction, the choices that were available, the choices that were made, and what has happened since. Yeah, absolutely, and. Well, I, th- I don't know. I think there was a little bit of confusion uh, going into last season whether or not Slavkovsky was going to go directly into the NHL. I think it was a little bit of a surprise to at least me. I know uh, in some cases fans, you know, looked at the situation and said, you know what, this is a first overall pick. Of course, he can go directly into the NHL throughout that preseason and uh, throughout last season. I don't think it looked great. And we're seeing a lot more uh, this season. In the preseason this year, I will give Slavkovsky credit. He started to look a little bit more confident. He started to have a little bit more pose, poise. But that was the preseason. As we start this uh, NHL season, one point in 10 games, this is not doing it. So uh, let's uh, turn it over to Brian Hayes of TSN. Uh, should Habs fans start being concerned about the development of Uri Slavkovsky? And I think if you're Montreal Canadiens fans, you have to be getting concerned here. Like, he's really, really struggling, right? He played 14 minutes in Arizona, didn't register a shot. He barely has the puck on his stick. And that is consistent with people that you talk to that are around the team every single day. He just does not feel like an NHL player. And now you're getting trolled by a team that doesn't play in an NHL rink? Yeah. Not good. Uh, So the reference there to uh, the trolling that the the Arizona – Coyotes did, which is a lesser point. But but yes, he's, um, you know, Brian Hayes, and, and I, I could have chosen uh, any number of, of um, media members to make the, the case, but, but Brian Hayes says it very directly. He's struggling. He's struggling hard, and it wasn't just struggling in that um, Arizona game. Uh, he's been struggling since the start of the season. Um, preseason, rookie turn, maybe he looked good against, uh, you know, uh, younger, smaller players, um, but he hasn't looked good in, at the NHL level. Um, you know, he hasn't scored a goal since um, in 11 months, uh, December 1st, 2022. Um, uh, he has one point, he had one assist, a terrific assist, a tremendous assist, and we talked about that. 
um, that play that he made, but one assist uh, since December 15th. Um, he is really, really struggling. Yeah, and I think us and our colleagues have been kind of beating the drum of maybe he'd benefit some time in the AHL. I know Amy Johnson, uh, one of our Rocket Sports colleagues, have been talking about this since the beginning of this season. Uh, well, let's uh, hear again from Brian Hayes of TSN what uh, his his thoughts are on that. He's not an NHL player. Yeah. Like, it's blunt. It's that easy, I think, at this point, Glenn. You cannot watch Slavkovsky and believe that he is NHL caliber right now, which means you either send him to the American Hockey League, maybe you send him back to Europe, but I think that ship has probably sailed. I think we're talking Laval here, and I think you commit 20 games, 30 mm -hmm. games. Even if he goes down there and lights it up, that's great. Right. And this is always going to be a complicated issue because you're dealing with ownership that's involved with the first overall pick the marketing departments involved the fans are excited clearly but the priority of this season for Montreal even though they've ha had a really good start really really impressive start they're still thinking three years down the down the road I believe five years down the road and Slavkovsky has to be a pillar of this organization with Caulfield with Suzuki Kirby Dock is now injured so I think it's still about the big picture, and the big picture should include Slavkovsky playing somewhere else because I don't think he's developing here. I don't think you can develop at the NHL level, and at this point, the stats are just getting so daunting. They're yeah. just going against him at such a poor level. Again, Arizona's trolling him. you got to wonder about his confidence at this point. Some great points there. Uh, he talked about, you know, this may not only be a hockey decision. Ownership would get involved. It's happened before. The marketing department would get involved. It's happened before in Montreal. Um, so, and and uh, he made a, a, a good point that many have been making, uh, that the NHL is not a development league. Um, we heard head coach Andre Torney, and we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later in the segment, saying the NHL is not a development league. Um, you, you're in the NHL to help your club win, and right now Yuri Slavkovsky is not uh, contributing um, to uh, the, the success uh, of the team, even though, um, uh, as, as uh, Hayes has pointed out, they have been relatively successful and maybe surprisingly successful. Um, <clears throat> you know, should he have been, you, you mentioned about uh, Amy Johnson, and, and if you haven't seen it, go to the YouTube channel and check out uh, her video and making the case about Yuri uh, Slavkovsky in uh, the AHL, um, but there's there's uh, Craig Button who is the prospects expert for TSN. "Quote: I don't think he sh uh, and he's talking about Slavkovsky. I don't think he should have been in the NHL last year, and I don't think he should be in the NHL this year. He's not ready for the league. He's not ready to perform in the league. He's not able to impact the game. Nothing negative about it. Just reality." Uh, forget about him having success. He's in the middle of deep water just trying to hang on. Um, and <clears throat> then goes on to say, this is on the Montreal Canadiens, not uh, Yuri Slavkovsky. Quote, NHL teams fail players way more than players uh, fail on their own. The Montreal Canadiens have not set up Yuri for success. He's a day late and a dollar short everywhere. So the idea he can somehow develop in the NHL is puzzling to say the least. They're failing him. It's a lesson that somehow has not been learned. Very blunt, but I think quite accurate, to be completely honest. 
uh, Slavkovsky, uh, some people say that, you know what, he's just down on his confidence. Uh, let's just, uh, As soon as he scores his first goal of the season, it'll be fine. Well, uh, this is not a player that's snake-bitten. It's not like he's getting a ton of chances and just failing to convert. This isn't a player that's necessarily found a role uh, on this team in the NHL. Slavkovsky right now, uh, his skating is not great. Uh, he doesn't follow the play very well. He has some moments where he looks good. We talked about the one assist. It, it was a great assist. Lots of patience. He certainly has a certain degree of hockey IQ. It's just not developing, and the NHL is too fast for him to follow. So I am on the camp of he should be sent down to Laval for a while. I know a lot of our listeners might hear that and, uh, you know, they listen to Rick and I talk quite a bit and think, well, you know what, uh, Laval, they've not been doing development very well. You've talked about JF Fool not wanting to play the prospects. Well, you know what, that's a different issue. And if they're serious about uh, the development of all their prospects, if they're serious about the development of Uri Slavkovsky, then what's more important? What uh, an AHL coach on an expiring contract wants to do? or the development of your first overall pick. Uh, management can figure this out. Someone can go down there and say, you know what? He needs to play this amount of time. He needs to do this, whatever. If coaching doesn't like it, that again, what's more important? AHL coach on an expiring contract or your first overall pick? Uh, so I really think uh, Montreal is headed in a bad direction with Yuri uh, Slavkovsky. We see it on the ice. You can't tell me that you've watched him and been impressed with what you've seen so far. And uh, there's still time to fix this, though. Uh, he's still a young player. Uh, there's still a lot of things that they can do to put his development back on track. Uh, apologies for the tangent there, but I'll send it back to you, Rick. Uh, just to piggyback on on what you said there, JF Wool has said uh, that um, um, development is going to happen by itself automatically uh, in a winning environment. Put a winning team on and development will happen. He also has said... Uh, that development happens in practice. Uh, he has no time for it during the game. It happens when the development team comes uh, in. Uh, so Jeff Wool is not doing a very good job developing Riley Kidney and Sean Farrell. Um, in the eyes of uh, Ken Hughes um, and, and, uh, and, and, and Gordon, uh, do you think that there's a difference between developing Slavkovsky and a Riley Kidney or Sean, no disrespect to the to the um, to the other prospects that are in Laval, but do you think do you think that they would demand that development happens? Do you think that they would demand uh, that he is put in a in a good situation uh, in Laval? Uh, do you think that they would uh, absolutely send Adam Nicholas there and the rest of the development team uh, to be working with him? Like this week, what a perfect opportunity it would be for Yuri Slavkovsky uh, to be in Laval when it's nothing but practices because they don't play um, this week. Um, it, it would be ideal. Uh, so, yes, there are serious problems in Laval. And maybe, um, maybe, just maybe, that is, that is a reason why they haven't sent him to Laval already because his performance last year and this year certainly would have dictated uh, that he go to the AHL, um, but but they have a way of of, of bringing the hammer down, uh, so to speak. Um, listen, I think it's clear that all the things you know we we heard 
uh, what Nick Bobrov said. Um, we heard uh, the European scouts, Rockstar and, and others, say size, size, size. That's why we're drafting him. The analytics guys said size. Uh, Jeff Gordon and Hughes said we got him for size. We got him for for potential. Uh, Bobrov also talked about his charisma and and how he loves the big stage uh, and had the personality to handle the pressure in uh, Montreal. But uh, whether it's the external pressure or the internal pressure, he's not handling it. Um, he looks absolutely, for the most part, uh, lost um, at times, lost in the D zone. He has no chemistry with his uh, line mates. Um, size, size is unimportant if you don't use it. He's not being physical. He's not winning puck battles. Um, he's not engaged. His mechanics are are off. Even when he goes to to shoot the puck, uh, it's all over the place because his his feet are not properly set. Um, and 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 the speed of the game is just baffling him. Uh, both the physical speed and keeping up, uh, but also uh, the processing. Uh, he's just not processing the game uh, at speed. Um, it's it's he's not he's not being successful and putting him out there um, shift after shift after shift only makes him look more helpless. Um, you know, and and again back to that. Back to the defensive zone, he 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 cruises around. You know, a guy with that kind of size and and the long stick could be a disruptor, uh, could be a, a puck retriever in his own zone, and he's, we haven't seen that at all. Um, uh, he's he's just not the the player who um, who was promised, um, and and I think he's you know, not the, the player that, uh, that he sees himself as. Um, and it's, it's gotta be a disappointment for him. Um, we know that, uh, he's focused on getting a goal. Um, Jeff Gorton said that, that they got to distract him and tell him that, that stats aren't, aren't the most important thing right now. Uh, he needs a goal for his confidence. Um, but a goal, uh, is not going to fix everything either because there's far more problems, uh, particularly his mechanics, that are preventing him from from looking like the player uh, that uh, we hoped he would all that we all hoped he would be. Yeah, and of course, to be fair, is today the day that we expected Slavkovsky to become the player he was projected to be? Probably not but I think he's way behind what we were expecting him to be uh, in his second full NHL season. Um, and like you said, it, it's not just a matter of, okay, let's just get him a goal and then he'll be fine. The mechanics are off. Uh, just something's not clicking with him at this level. And it, the NHL, it's just too fast for him at this point, And it's going to be difficult to develop him that way. So uh, we do have a special guest uh, waiting to get into the studio. But uh, Rick, did you have any final points before we want to welcome him in? Well, I think uh, I, the main point here is that we all want Yuri Slavkovsky to be successful. Um, he's not being successful right now, and um, something needs to change to make that happen. It isn't just going to happen on its own. And, um, you know, if if the world, the hockey world, is comparing him to other players, you know that Yuri Slavkovsky, in his mind, is doing that as well. Absolutely. And uh, without further ado, we do have a special guest, uh, Remy Masti, a site editor for the Hockey News Arizona. And I'll send it off to you guys.
Thanks, Michael. Well, um, I'm thrilled today to be able to welcome to the Canadians Connection for the very first time a colleague of mine uh, with the Hockey News. Uh, he's the site editor for the Arizona Coyotes, THN.com slash Arizona. His name is Remy Masti. He does a great job. And uh, welcome to the Canadians Connection. Thank you, Rick. Thank you so much for having me. Well, listen, I thought it was the perfect time um, because everybody in the world, it seems, especially on social media, is talking about Yuri Slavkovsky and Logan Cooley, um, picked first and third, as everybody knows, at the 2022 NHL entry draft. And this week, uh, there was the opportunity to see them both in the same place, in the same ice, uh, as the Canadians were in Arizona at Mullet Arena on Thursday night. Um, and you were there, uh, Remy, at uh, Mullet Arena with um, almost 5,000, uh, both uh, Coyotes and Canadians fans. There's a lot of Canadians yeah. jerseys <laughs> in the building. There were a lot. Um, and, uh, but, but before we get to that, um, let me just, uh, let's just find out um, uh, and, and let our listeners know who you are. As I said, uh, you're the site editor for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey News. Um, you're a, a budding um, a journalist. You're you're uh, pursuing your degree in sports journalism, sports yeah. journalism, at ASU. And uh, tell me tell me a bit about um, how you how you got into journalism, how you got interested in this, how's the program going, uh, and what's it like writing for the Hockey News? Yeah, of course. I um growing up. I loved hockey. Hockey was my favorite sport, and my family is actually from Montreal, so I grew up watching a lot of Habs games, a lot of a lot of disappointing playoffs for the Canadians. But nonetheless, I I grew up idolizing all these great players on the Canadians and great players in the NHL, and I always knew I wanted to get into sports some somewhere, and just decided I think that journalism is a good place to start and I just really have loved my time here at ASU love covering all different sports and now recently covering the Coyotes has really been a dream come true so far well that's great you you said your your family your parents uh from Montreal you grew up in in the New York area uh and you were telling me uh before the show that uh some of your favorite players Brandon Gallagher, uh, Andre Markov, Alex Galchenyuk. What was it like to be covering the game last night and to see one of your heroes in the lineup, Brandon Gallagher? Yeah, it was definitely a surreal experience for me. I've been to some Canadians games as a fan, so being able to cover it was definitely really cool. It was interesting covering the game because obviously I was covering it as a Coyotes writer. So just watching the Canadians, but really focusing on the Coyotes was definitely an odd but cool experience as well. And as we know, it was uh, the Coyotes that came out on top, three to two, a game that kind of went back and forth a bit. Um, uh, not the most uh, exciting, dynamic game, uh, as it were, but uh, in addition to maybe watching um, uh, Brendan Gallagher or keeping an eye on him at the very least, uh, you also had an opportunity to see uh, up close um, uh, Yuri Slavkovsky. And, and uh, before we get into a bit of the comparisons, uh, just, just any general thoughts on, on seeing Slavkovsky last night? Yeah, it's, it's been something that I've kind of been thinking about a lot over the past year since seeing Slavkovsky last year. 
And it's a little bit disappointing sometimes to see just he's not truly adapting to that NHL level. He's not the greatest skater. He looks a little bit lost sometimes, makes some mistakes, a lot of turnovers. And I think that he has a long way to go. He is a young player, but I think that maybe the Canadian should have been a little bit more patient with him. That's just my opinion. Well, it's it's an opinion shared by a lot of fans. Um, you know, the pre- predominant opinion on you see on social media is that he should be uh, maybe in Laval in the AHL, and and uh, um, we'll we'll see if if that's uh, in his future as it is. But as you said, you were there covering the Coyotes, um, expert on on the Arizona Coyotes, and. Uh, from that draft is Logan Cooley. So um, maybe if we can spend a few minutes talking about Cooley, uh, he had a quite a different uh, path, um, a journey uh, since that 2022 draft. Um, and I got to see him a little bit last year uh, when he was with the University of Minnesota, the Golden Gophers. And uh, for me, um, uh, you know, at times he was just incredible, a dynamic player on the ice. Obviously, the Golden Gophers were a terrific team. Um, he had a great season with them, but you you saw at times he was um, he he showed his youth. He was he's was very emotional. Um, he he would show his frustration. He would take a bad penalty, and then he he'd come come and turn it around and 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 just be incredible on the ice. So talk about his development very different from that of Slavkovsky and how the Arizona Coyotes have been a little bit more patient with him. Yeah, it's an interesting approach that they had compared to the Canadians. I think that maybe he could have been ready last year, but instead they took a patient approach and let him play college, play at the University of Minnesota, and he really thrived there. He was in the Hobie Baker conversation. He scored 22 goals, 38 assists, 60 points and led his team all the way to the national championship. So he, I think, made a lot of strides last year. And instead of rushing him, I think it was the right move to leave him playing college hockey last year because he looks very comfortable now. And obviously he's had some growing pains, but that's normal for a rookie. And I think that the Coyotes definitely made the right move. Well, I thought it was interesting. Not only did he get to play um, in the NCAA uh, with the University of Minnesota, but he got to play on the world junior team. Um, and Andre Tourney, head coach of uh, the Arizona Coyotes, um, hometown from Trois-Rivières, and, and we know him from coaching in the Q, coaching the Huskies, coaching the 67s. He knows about coaching young players. Uh, on Thursday, he said that one of the important parts of um Cooley's development was the fact that he got to play in two championship matches, one uh, in in a final uh, for the NCAA and also uh, playing in the final of the World Juniors. And um, he said, you know, at that point, it doesn't matter whether you win those or lose those. It's just an extraordinary experience. What what do you think about um, that insight from uh, Andre Tourney? Yeah, I think it's a really good point by Tourney, who's also been great in helping Cooley develop and obviously he's played in two championship games and while it's not the Stanley Cup by any means it's still very important to get that experience as you said and now he has that under his belt and he knows how to deal with pressure so yeah I do think it's pretty good. 
So he had a terrific season at the University of Minnesota. Uh, he got to experience the World Juniors, and then he came to, to training camp uh, this year, and, of course, all eyes uh, on him. Uh, there was, I remember in the offseason, there was a bit of confusion. He kind of signaled that he was going back to Minnesota and then no, 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 he was, he was coming yeah, to, it was a little bit confusing. Yeah, to the, to the coyotes, uh, but, uh, it seems like a good decision and, um, uh, tell, tell us about his training camp. I, I think everybody, uh, saw his, uh, goal in the preseason in Australia, which was unbelievable. Um, but, but talk about his whole training camp experience and how he looked there. Yeah, obviously, like going into training camp, there were a lot of expectations on him. And then once he scored that goal in Australia, those expectations just rose up a lot. And like I think that everyone around the NHL world really noticed him. But overall, he did. He looked strong. He played with a, most of training camp with Jason Zucker. And what was interesting to me about training camp is that he really was going under Jason Zucker's wing and, and Zucker was will, really helping him grow, which I think was great for, for Logan Cooley. Obviously, Zucker's injured now, but I think that he helped him a lot during training camp. But yeah, overall, he did look like he had a strong training camp. And honestly, what Tyranny said yesterday with or on Thursday before the game, which was interesting, is that at certain times he, he said that Cooley looked like the best player on the ice despite being a rookie during training camp. Well, he's done in in his first 10 games in the NHL. He's got eight points, a goal and, and seven assists. He got his first NHL career goal against Anaheim uh, the other night. And, and that one, maybe not as spectacular as the preseason goal, but uh, in its own right, uh, it showed his... Uh, the way he he using his edges, going to the net, fending off uh, the defender with his his uh, his leg. I thought it was uh, a great introduction, a great introductory goal to the NHL. Yeah, it was a great goal. He again showing his speed and just getting the puck. He just kind of lifted the puck a little bit, just shows his touch as well. And I think another great aspect of Logan Cooley has been his playmaking. Obviously. He got the assists on the game-winning goal against the Canadians, and he has all these assists. And just, I think his playmaking is something that people should more take a look at. A lot of people talked about his scoring, like obviously before he was drafted, but his playmaking is something that's also pretty incredible. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, uh, on Thursday, uh, when when Andre Tourney um, addressed the media, he kind of raised the eyebrows. Of uh, and there was there's quite a few um, uh, Montreal media there, but he raised the eyebrows of the Montreal media. And whether this was intended or not, I don't know. But uh, let me read his quote. He said, uh, "quote The NHL is not a development league. You play in the NHL because you're able to help your club win. It's a performance league. It's a professional league. Pay- people pay to come to see players." Uh, he went on to say, there are leagues for development. I've coached in those leagues. They're great leagues. And this is where you can do trial and error, uh, but not in the NHL. And and I thought that was interesting because, um, you know, the the uh, argument has been made uh, that the Canadians would like to develop uh, um, Yoris Levkovsky in uh, the NHL. 
And Turney was saying, you better, you better be well along that path. He, he said, you can improve, uh, but as far as development, uh, you, you better be ready to play at the NHL level. Um, what did you think of, of his comments? Yeah, I mean, I think he raises a good point. And obviously, actions speak louder than words. And in last week's game against the Kings, Cooley was actually benched for a lot of the third period just because Tierney felt like he made some mistakes and he felt like he needed to have that sort of growing lesson. And I think that's really helped uh, Logan Cooley. And I think that Cooley is prepared. And that's why they obviously uh, let him play in the NCAA last year just so he could get that development and he could be ready for this year. And I think that he raises a great point and he's tyranny has been great for Cooley development. Well, I thought it was uh, the, the other thing that I thought was fascinating is Turney admitted that uh, as you would with a young player, that you protected his, his matchups early in the season. Um, he said uh, at the beginning of the year, I was careful who I pitted him against, but now uh, I don't care about that anymore. It doesn't matter. Uh, I thought that was was fascinating, and and the coach showing his confidence in a in a young player to go up against um, any of the the other lines of of uh, the opposition. Yeah, I think that Tierney over time has really grown a lot of trust in in Cooley. Cooley is playing the first wave of the power play, and he's playing about sixteen and a half minutes per game, which compared to Slavkovsky, I think Slavkovsky is playing. Uh, maybe you could correct me if I'm wrong about. 14 minutes, maybe 14 and a half minutes. So I think that Cooley has been playing a big role for the Kyries, which is surprising, obviously, for a rookie. And Tierney has really grown trust in him, which is good. Well, you talk about ice time. And, and one of the things that I was fascinating, fascinated by last night was um, the the five-on-five five, uh, play. And uh, let me see, for Logan Cooley, it was 9.28, 5 on 5, 9 minutes, 28 seconds. Uh, for Slavkovsky, it was 9.34. So they're, they're within six seconds uh, of each other. Um, and the, the big difference is uh, the shot share that um, that third line of, of the Canadians just got uh, steamrolled last night. Um, four, let me just see here, four, yeah, four shots um, four twelve against, uh, and and it was much more even for the Cooley. The line Cooley was on, and it was interesting because Cooley was um, uh, Coyotes played seven defensemen uh, on yeah. Thursday night, and um, Cooley was kind of that extra forward that slotted in whenever, um, and and he he certainly got some special teams time as well. But uh, five on five, he had much better success uh, than Slavkovsky. Yeah, I think that it's just that Cooley's game right now, I think kind of, it just plays better to a 5-on-5 five five setting. Cooley is a little bit of a better playmaker. He is a faster skater, and I think that he has that offensive touch. Obviously, Slavkowski has that sort of potential just like with his size and what he showed before getting into the NHL, but I think that Right now, Cooley's game just translates better, which is why I think he's been more successful. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, listen, Remy, this has uh, been terrific. Uh, great information, great insight. Uh, I, I don't expect that these comparisons are going to end anytime soon. Uh, so hopefully we can have you back 
once again. But listen, if if uh, our audience wants to follow you and follow your work uh, at the the Hockey News, um, let's tell them where they can uh, find you. Yeah, just um, obviously go to the um to the main Hockey News page. There's a team. There's a um site for all the uh for the team sites but the main site is the hockeynews.com slash nhl slash arizona dash uh coyotes that's great and they can find you on uh twitter at masty remy um and uh and again uh i hope to have you back and and uh we really appreciate all your uh great information today yeah thank you rich i appreciate you for uh getting me on here what a great interview. Thank you very much to Remy for uh, coming in and talking to us. I uh, love uh, hearing the perspective uh, from the Arizona Coyotes, uh, hearing a little bit more about Logan Cooley and uh, Rick. Uh, great interview. Great job. Thank you. That, and, and great job by Remy uh, coming in and giving us a perspective. Uh, we, we talked about the journey that Logan Cooley's been on. A, a development path is different for every, uh, could be different for every player. Um, but the de- development path that Arizona has chosen, and listen, um, uh, it's difficult to learn to say uh, lessons need to be learned from Arizona because they haven't done many things right. But it appears uh, that uh, they're doing the right thing with, with, or they've done the right thing with Logan Cooley. Um, you know, when we talked about it, and, and this goes back to uh, prior to the, the 2022 entry draft, um, you know, for us, um, Canadians Connection episode 196, you can listen to it. Uh, it is titled Right Cooley or Slavkovsky. Um, and that came out June 18th, 2022. Uh, and special guest was Sam Cosentino. And he went through the, the uh, strengths of, of each of those players and, um, you know, talked about the strengths of, of Slavkovsky. And we haven't seen those translate yet. Uh, he talked about you know, Logan Cooley being the dynamic player that he is, uh, using his speed and skill. Uh, he's ultra competitive. He plays with a bit of an edge. And we've seen all of that um, or parts of that, um, not consistently, uh, but we've seen glimpses of, of that in, in Cooley's game. So the question is, you know, is that determined by the player themselves? Is it determined by the organization? Is it determined by uh, the path that they've been on? Um, and those are those are things that uh, you know we can't sit in our bubble in Montreal and say everything's fine, everything's fine. It it'll happen automatically, um, especially when players who are in the same in that category um, are are developing and growing uh, and adapting to the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like uh, you were kind of hinting at there, uh, Logan Cooley, uh, I think some people were surprised to see him go ahead of Shane Wright. But there were some scouts out there that actually had Logan Cooley ranked at number one uh, during that draft uh, ahead of both Slavkovsky and Shane Wright. Um, so he he's a great prospect. He's a great player that uh, I liked quite a bit. Uh, that's not uh, going against uh, Slavkovsky whatsoever, but uh, this is going to lead pretty well into our Canadians Connection question of the week. But it's, uh, it's all about development, and you listed off a few factors that can go into it. And uh, our question to our listeners is, how would you handle Slavkovsky's development going forward? We want to make sure that we hear from you. And uh, with that, it's time to take our final break. Uh, stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. 
Have you started noticing how many holiday and Christmas commercials are already popping up on your television screens? Well, listen, it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. So why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. Hey, guess what? You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. Now, you've heard me talk about Raycon's products before, right? Their everyday earbuds are a product that I use all the time. They've got great sound. They've got one-touch environmental settings on the earbuds themselves. They fit so comfortably inside my ear, and their connectivity is always seamless. They are absolutely tremendous. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like those everyday earbuds, which of course are known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and that perfect in-ear fit that I talked about. That gives you all-day wear and lasting comfort. And did you know that this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech? So what is that? Well, check this out. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. Looking for something that's not uh, electronics-related? Well, guess what? Their faucet filter ultra-filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. <laughs> Raycon's known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands, so it's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. So to get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a little bit early, Raycon is offering currently 20% off everything on their site, with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. So hurry now to buyraycon.com THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com THPN. Welcome back to episode 268 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. And as we like to interact with all of our listeners and hear your thoughts, uh, feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. Uh, appreciated that interview from uh, Remy in that second segment. Uh, I think that uh, Slavkovsky has been a pretty uh, hot topic uh, around the Montreal Canadiens and around the league this past week. So, of course, it was nice to get that discussion in there and a little bit about uh, Logan Cooley as well. So uh, I think job well done on that interview there, Rick. 
Well, it's it's an important topic. Um, it's it's lots of people are talking about it. So we wanted to make sure to bring in the folks who knows know best and uh, and great interview with uh, with Emmy Remy. And uh, we like to keep uh, all of our listeners and uh, viewers up to date on everything the Montreal Canadiens. So you can find all of our Canadiens coverage. In one place, uh, just head over to THN.com slash Montreal. We have plenty of day-to-day uh, day content, headlines, notepads, prospects, anything that you need to know about the Montreal Canadiens, just head over to THN.com slash Montreal. Also, we're on YouTube. Uh, if you want to subscribe to us, just search at All Habs and you can pull up our page there. Smash the subscribe button. Uh, throughout the week, uh, you'll find several different shows. Uh, first and foremost, hosted by Amy Johnson. It's a Habs Hockey Report show. Uh, the most recent uh, episode is entitled Habs Prospect. Joshua Wah comes up big. Uh, also, throughout the week, uh, she has a second show. This one focuses more on the prospects called the Rocket Hockey Report Show. And this one's entitled, These Things Need to Improve Quickly for the Laval Rocket. Amy's a great host. Uh, she's very informed and in tune with everything Montreal Canadiens and Laval Rocket. So hit, hit that like button if you like what you saw. Leave a comment. Get engaged in the conversation. And also, this podcast is going to be put on YouTube uh, as well, uh, the Canadians Connection podcast. Our most recent episode before this one was entitled Habs Mailbag, Could the Canadians Make the Playoffs? Uh, so head over uh, to that YouTube, uh, watch all of our content throughout the week, hit the subscribe button, never miss a single episode. And uh, coming up this week, uh, we have a pretty big announcement on uh, the Hockey Pod ne Network's YouTube. Uh, we're going to be doing a live stream uh, for the Montreal Canadiens versus Tampa Bay Lightning on November the 7th. That's uh, going to be hosted by myself, uh, Michael Spinella, along with my Rocket Sports Media colleague, uh, Nathan, uh, who helps us uh, handle a lot of our social media stuff. So if uh, you want to tune in and watch the game with us, we'd be more than happy uh, to have you along. Just head over to the Hockey Podcast Network's YouTube page on uh, November the 7th. We'll also be posting about this on our social media. So look out with, for that. Uh, tune in, uh, watch the game with us, and uh, let us know your comments along the way. That's a lot of fun. Uh, you guys did one uh, about a week or so ago um, with uh, when uh, the Canadians were playing New Jersey. It was a great, uh, a great time. And uh, so make sure you head over to THPN. Uh, that's their, uh, the, their YouTube channel and uh, watch uh, watch along uh, with uh, Nathan and Michael. Also, make sure you subscribe to the premier Rocket Sports podcast on your favorite podcasting app. This podcast, The Canadians Connection. You can also find all of our episodes at canadiansconnection.fm. We come out every single Saturday throughout the year, even in the summer months when uh, some of the other podcasts stop uh, creating content. We continue and we never take a vacation. We are your inside link to the Montreal Canadiens. And we have a special announcement as uh, we are in the November month. That means November is here and uh, I, I've started growing my mustache. I've got my page up and running. Actually, our whole Rocket Sports team has uh, the page up and running. And uh, Rick, what can you tell us about this? Well, it's um, it's that time of year again uh, for November uh, and uh, which started as as growing mustaches for uh, to, to create a conversation and, and uh, to talk about men's health. Uh, and this is uh, the 10th year that we've been involved uh, in supporting this uh, great charity. Um, Movember is the, the leading charity focused on the physical and mental health of men. Um, you can participate, uh, and it's easy to participate. 
Uh, you can make a donation. Uh, you can join our team uh, and help us raise money or, or simply raise awareness uh, by sharing uh, our, our um, uh, team page uh, on your social media. Um, the link to, to find us is movember.com uh, slash rocket sports. Uh, that's easy. And then from there, you can find uh, Michael's page. You can find my page. You can find uh, Amy's page. Um, and uh, and you're growing um, uh, your mustache. I've, I've started a bit of facial hair. There's also a mood challenge that I've been posting um, my walks and, and, and cycling on there. Um, so if you want to get involved um, and uh, and do it for the the men in your life that that you love, um, uh, reach out to us on social media and we'll, we'll um, or send us an email or text us and and we'll make you part of um, of our Rocket Sports uh, Hockey News team on November. Absolutely. And uh, as we uh, continue to engage with all of our listeners, our uh, Canadians Connection question of the week is how would you handle Slavkovsky's development going forward? We want to hear from you. Uh, obviously, the Rocket Sports text line is a great way to get a hold of us. 5853-ROCKET. Reach out to us on social media at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But also, we have an email that uh, gets used quite a bit, doesn't it? It does. It is hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. Hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. We get tons of messages and comments throughout the week, and uh, we have some reactions uh, mostly about uh, Uri Slavkovsky. <laughs> uh, so we'll get into those. Uh, I'll, I'll let you start off with the first one uh, coming from uh, Stefan in Rigo, Quebec. Uh, Stefan uh, in Rigo says, Relax. All young players go through this early in their NHL careers from Guy Lafleur uh, to Joe Thornton to Jack Hughes. If he's still playing like this in three years, then we'll talk. Yeah, that's a great point there. Um, um, I'll just I'll just say um, if he's still playing like this, where he's going thirty games without a point, um, if he's still playing like this, he's not going to be in the NHL. Um, he just won't, and and there might be some uh, firings that happen along the way. Um, the mention of of the um, the other players, I think the difference there is uh, each of those players dominated at the league prior to them coming in. Uh, to the league, uh, Yaroslavkovsky. It's always said he played against men, um, but uh, you know we kind of forget what those statistics look like. Uh, he did not dominate uh, when he played in in Finland. Um, the the points were were scarce there too. It was in tur- tournaments uh, that he was successful, um, and it was in tournaments that uh, we heard. Uh, Bob Rov reference, uh, whether it was the Olympics or um, the World Championships, that that's where the Canadians saw him play on the big stage. So um, I think there's a difference there. And and yes, we have to be patient, um, but it's it's not going to happen automatically. And so far, we haven't seen any kind of progression. For sure. Uh, we have another message coming from Antoine in Gatineau, Quebec. And uh, Antoine says, uh, perhaps fans... How successful were you at the age of 19? And uh, yeah, uh, thanks for making me cry, Antoine. (laughs) Unfortunately, no one was willing to give me uh, the same amount of money that Slavkovsky was making. Uh, So uh, fair point, I guess. (laughs) Uh, There's no dumb questions, right? Um, But (laughs) but, uh, listen, Antoine, uh, yeah, there's there's 700... uh, 
men in the world who play in this league. They are elite. They are elite athletes. And comparing uh, their situations and their pathways, um, you know, I, I would say I was I was really successful at age 19 in university. I was I was developing my craft. Um, and and maybe maybe uh, Joris Levkovsky should be doing developing his craft. And maybe that doesn't happen in the NHL. But I'm yeah, n- nobody was going to pay me a million dollars or more. Um, at at age nineteen, so the situations are a little bit different. Uh, if they were, maybe we would also have a, one assist in ten games. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. But uh, the next uh, message comes from uh, Stephen Weyburn, uh, Saskatchewan, and I'll let you take the lead on this, Rick. Uh, Steve says, "I'm not ready to throw in the towel on yet on Slaff, but something has to change. He he doesn't act like he understands the opportunities he's been given." Uh, worried about his feelings by sending him to Lavelle? I thought this was a kid who was mature enough to be on his own at 15 and had the perf- perfect mental toughness to play in Montreal. Quit coddling him because you made a mistake drafting him over first overall. Um, I think that's fair that um, you can't you can't say, um, you know, like like we, we heard earlier, Grant saying uh, Canadians fans quit hurting his feelings. Uh, or, or um, you know, he would take a, a demotion to Laval badly. You talked about <clears throat> one of the reasons you, the, the organization chose him is because of his personality, because of his, uh, his confidence, because of his mental toughness. Uh, so you can't argue both sides, uh, out of both sides of your mouth. Yeah, I think good message coming uh, from Steve there. It uh, it shows that uh, he's thought about this uh, objectively quite a bit and uh, appreciate uh, that he put uh, so much thought when sending that to us. Uh, Our next message comes from uh, Alan in Port Simpson, BC. And uh, Alan says, same two players never show up to play every game, Anderson and Slavkovsky. And I think that's fair. I, if I were to pick the two most inconsistent players on the Montreal Canadiens, I think those are definitely the front runners. Uh, are they one in the same? No, I think they, they are quite uh, different uh, in their playing styles and whatnot, though. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, there was a conversation on Twitter um, this morning, um, and it was David Stevenson at David Quebecer on Twitter. Um, with Amy Johnson it was um, referring back to her... Uh, should Slav- Slavkovsky be sent to um, Lavelle uh, video? And he said, a big no. Let uh, Marty St. Louis work his magic just as he did with Caulfield. The one-on-one coaching with Slav and St. Louis is irreplaceable. Laval isn't utopia. Laval isn't utopia. <clears throat> However, um, you know, I think a little bit too much credit has been um, invested in Marty St. Louis's magic wand it's it's worked sometimes Caulfield is is an example Kirby Doc is an example hasn't worked other times couldn't work on Rem Pitlick couldn't work on Mike Hoffman couldn't work on you know it's 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 he um and and listen um uh in I I agree in one sense that Marty St. Louis has made Yuri Slavkovsky his personal project nobody he spends more time with Yuri Slavkovsky than any other player, whether it's in practice, talking to him on the ice, whether it's the video sessions that they've set up, uh, whether making this rule that Slavkovsky's special, I'm the only one who speaks to him. Remember, we talked about uh, Marty's edict on that. 
Um, so this is <clears throat> this is that the success or failure uh, is tied to to Marty St. Louis. Um, however, um, it, it's not just Marty St. Louis isn't a skills coach. We talked about when he joined the organization that maybe that would have been best for him to work one. He works wonders one on one, but he's also the head coach of a team who's playing. Uh, and that includes Juraj Slavkovsky in the lineup, and that isn't working right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. And uh, I, I think to mention something we've uh, brought up a few times here is uh, Marty St. Louis is apparently the only one allowed to talk to Juraj Slavkovsky. That's correct, right? <laughs> that's what we've been told. Our next message uh, comes from Garth in uh, Waterloo, Ontario. Uh, Garth says, "Great game. Vegas didn't show much of uh, what they won the cup for the or of what won the cup for them, but full credit to the Habs. Outplayed them all night. Only one sour note. Yuri Slavkovsky still one step behind. Needs to learn to make better, faster decisions. It will come in time. Don't get discouraged." I appreciate the positivity coming from uh, Garth there. I feel like there's been quite a bit uh, of negativity along the way. And you know what? Some of it definitely warranted, but uh, appreciate that uh, Garth is taking a look at uh, the bright side looking into the future. Yeah. And, and again, and maybe we get back to uh, what was said um, uh, earlier um, the uh, about him being in the NHL uh, and just treading water. It was, it was um, uh, Craig Button who said, um, you know, maybe, maybe throwing him out in the deep end's not, not the way to go. And Gar says he must make better, faster decisions, but you can't do that if you're treading water. Maybe put him in the shallow end and maybe he can figure out how to make better decisions, faster decisions, uh, and make an impact. That analogy means not at the NHL level. And then our final message comes from uh, Dino in Gatineau, Quebec, and uh, I'll let you take this one, Rick. Uh, Dino says, uh, remember what Hughes said leading up to the draft. Uh, maybe not the best player now, but in two, three, or four years from now, something like that, A eh, Rick? Uh, says Dino. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly what uh, Hughes had said. Uh, Dino goes on, I don't know, my friend. Slaff stays away from the contact, the physical parts of the game. He's still playing with one hand on the Sherwood. <laughs> I like that. I like that phrase. Uh, he shouldn't be doing that. Uh, Slaff is very soft on the puck, soft on the bat check, too. Coaching needs to address this, too. No? Uh, thanks for all you do uh, from, uh, from Dino. Yeah, good message, too. Uh, very well thought out. And uh, you can tell Dino's been paying a lot of attention to Slaff's game. I agree. He really does avoid some of the physical parts of the game. And when you're such a big player like that, a big, strong guy like Slavkovsky, uh, it's you kind of need to have that physical part of your game developed. Yeah, it was part of his game at, at the other. It was part of what made him successful. And he seems reluctant uh, to to use his size, to use his physicality um, against. Uh, and, all you know, let's let's be honest. Uh, there are players as big as him, uh, as strong as him and 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 stronger. Uh, but, but he's playing like a much smaller player at this point. Absolutely. Uh, so coming up this week, uh, uh, we have three games, uh, tonight on Saturday, November the 4th, uh, Montreal versus St. Louis, uh, Christian Dvorak's coming in, uh, yes, uh, Ulanin's going out and it looks like Sam Montembeau will be the starter for this game. 
a couple days off in between uh, the game that I'm going to be streaming on YouTube for the watch along party on November the 7th, uh, Tampa Bay lightning visit Montreal uh, and then a day off in between that one as well. And November the 9th, uh, Montreal will be visiting the Detroit Red Wings. So plenty of good hockey to watch. And uh, thank you for all tuning in uh, today. Uh, that's going to be a wrap for us. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Canadians connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. You could share it on social media as well. If you like what you heard, enjoy the weekend. We'll be back here next Saturday, November the 11th for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians connection here on rocket sports radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.